I'm not horrific yet, and I don't trust myself enough to say that I never will be. Welcome to the second installment of the We Read Books podcast. Yay! That is Whitney. And that is Maddie. (laughs) I know you've missed us since the first episode, and welcome back for the second. Thank you for returning. Yes. Yes. Thank you. And you can please and thank you visit our socials at We Read Books Pod. That's on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. Yes. And then our email, if you so feel inclined to ask us questions, give us recommendations, that is wereadbookspod23 at gmail.com. Yes. Yes, it is. So now that we've got the business out of the way, um, hopefully we influence some of you to read Pride and Prejudice, our last novel that we covered. Yes. Um, that episode probably could have been so much longer even we just kind of skimmed the main points yes didn't really even dig deep into you know favorite moments and there the that book just has a lot going on and a lot that you can appreciate and discuss so yeah yes and eventually once we've gotten acclimated to creating this podcast there may be a scenario where we do uh two episodes for a book where we talk about the synopsis and then where we talk more about the little intricacies that we like in a book. It could be, could be a thing, but for right now, right. We're just trying to get used to it. Right. Because obviously we like books. Otherwise we wouldn't be here doing this right now. We like to talk about books. That's That's right. That's the deal. (laughs) And please note that we've already had full conversations about all the books that we've read for this podcast. (laughs) So if it sounds like at times that you are falling into the middle of a conversation already in progress, you are, you are, (laughs) but we're inviting you into the conversation. That's right. (laughs) It's just too hard. Once you have read a book with someone else to not be like, what did you think about this? Right. You immediately. Yes. Yes. It's it. There's some urgency behind it. Mm -hmm. So for this week, we read Verity by Colleen Hoover. Way to go, Colleen. Way to go, Colleen. Fun fact, my middle name is Colleen. It's a good name. It's my mom's middle name. I like that. I like when when names are passed down, you know. It's cool. It's pretty cool. It is cool. And women don't do it a lot. No, I was going to say generally men do that, but I, I like to see that. Yeah. I like to see that. Yeah. On a, on, on a, in a woman line. <laughs> yeah. It makes me feel a little bit like Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Because yeah. Lorelai named her daughter Lorelai. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and, and yeah, your brain goes, that seems weird, but people do it all the time. Yeah. There all are the like generations of men that all have the same name. There are at least three or four Roberts in my family. <laughs> I don't 
Well, my grandpa and my great grandpa were both named Dewey. I love, I love the name Dewey. <laughs> but uh, my grandpa didn't name my uncle Dewey, so he didn't want to pass down his name. But he actually never goes by Dewey. He goes by Gib because his middle name is Gilbert. Oh, so, nice. But yeah, Dewey yeah. Gilbert is my grandpa's name. <laughs> very, great. It's a very grandpa name. <laughs> Dewey. Dewey. <laughs> I love it. But my dad gave my brother... Well, my brother's middle name is James, and my dad's first name is James. So, my brother is sort of named after my dad. And yeah, my and same, my brother's me. middle name is my dad's name, which yeah. is Robert. <laughs> it this is how it happens. Yes, you know. I mean, I don't know that I would want to give my child a family name. Sometimes it it, does, it doesn't. It's not a bad thing to, to break the chain and, and yeah. start fresh. Yeah. It's good either way. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you have, like, a lot of family members. Like, yes. Am I going to have to have more than one child and then name <laughs> all of them for a different person? You don't that's want people tedious. getting jealous. Yeah. Yeah. That's so <laughs> tedious. Exactly. All right. So about this novel, Ooh. we like to just give you, you know, published date and just... Just, just a little bit of information. Yeah. So it was published on December 7th, 2018. As we said, the author is Colleen Hoover. And um, this novel is a New York Times bestseller. So, again, way to go, Colleen. Good for you. She's written quite a few books now. So. Several, yeah. 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 And uh, she's very popular in book talk. Oh, yes. Um, I see people on TikTok talking about her books a lot. Yeah. Not this one. I have yet to see any of them actually talk about this one, but they ca- talk about one called it's, it, it Ends With Us. Yes. Uh, which I have not read. This is my one and only Colleen Hoover that I've ever read. Me as well. I do have a friend that I work with, Miss Courtney. She has recommended a couple of Colleen's books to me. She She enjoys them quite a lot. Excellent. Maybe we'll see her more on the pod. Maybe, maybe not. We <laughs> will see. Uh, make your assumptions once you listen. <laughs> right, <it>. right. <laughs> Foreshadowing, perhaps. <laughs> uh, need to get like a clip of the uh, Law and Order. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know bad news is coming. Yeah, it's. We're not, we're not saying we hate it. Let's not get ahead let's, of ourselves. Let's, let's just start from the beginning. Yes. So, uh, short synopsis here. Loan Ashley is a struggling writer on the brink of financial ruin when she accepts a job. Uh, it's an offer of a lifetime, really. I mean, any Honestly, writer. Honestly, it is. Yeah. Honestly, it is. Especially for a writer that isn't necessarily struggling, but isn't super popular making a lot of money you know the offer she's made is it's a good one it's a really good one it's a good one so jeremy crawford who's the husband of best-selling author verity crawford has hired Lowen to complete the remaining books in a successful series um his wife verity is injured and she's unable to finish her uh her book series, so that's why they're hiring Loan in to do it for them. Um, she arrives at the Crawford home, ready to sort through years of Verity's notes and outlines, and uh, she's hoping to find enough material to get her started, get her 
familiar with the book series and um, she uncovers something she does not expect. <laughs> it's a quite chaotic office and she finds an unfinished autobiography that Verity never intended anyone to read. So page after page is a bone chilling admission, including Verity's recollection of the night her family was forever altered. Lowen decides to keep the manuscript hidden from Jeremy, knowing its contents could devastate the already grieving father. But as Lowen's feelings for Jeremy begin to intensify, ooh, ooh. she recognizes all the ways she could benefit if he were to read his wife's words. Yikes. So after all, no matter how devoted Jeremy is to his injured wife, a truth this horrifying would make it impossible for him to continue loving her. <sighs> Yipes. <laughs> That's a big yikes for me there. At yeah. The end. Yeah. How could he continue loving her? Right. When he should really just love me. Right. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Oh. Even if you're like, wow, she's the worst. It's still. It's a sticky situation. You don't yeah. want to find yourself in. No, no, no. Okie doke. Yeah. So there are not very many characters in this book. No. Lowen is our female main character. Jeremy is our male main character. Verity, I guess, is supposed to be the antagonist. And then um, Corey is Lowen's agent. Mm -hmm. Her book agent. Her book agent and former lover. Slash, slash five minute boyfriend whatever <laughs> um and then there are three children involved there the jeremy and verity had three kids yes uh chaston and harper are twins and crew is their youngest boy yes so these are the three children so off page before we come into the story chaston and harper die Yes, both se- at separate times. Separate times, six months apart. Um, and both tragically. Tragically die. Uh, so Chastin dies first. She had a peanut allergy. and um, As careful was, as the parents were. She was exposed to peanuts at a sleepover at a friend's house. Yep. And uh, she passed away of anaphylaxis. I think in her sleep. So In her the, sleep, you know, yeah. No one knew it was was happening until it was too late. Yeah. So horribly tragic. Um, she also had a scar on her cheek, which will come up later. Yes. That was a defining feature between Chaston and Harper, at least appearance wise. Appearance wise. Yeah. Um, Harper is, was the, she's the second twin. She died six months after Chaston in a drowning accident and potentially may have been on the autism spectrum. Yeah. I don't know that they confirmed it. It was just... Yeah, I don't think... Alluded to. Yeah, I don't think she was fully diagnosed, but it's... I think um, one of her daycare teachers said she may have Asperger's or be on the spectrum. So... But it didn't really um, affect her character or anything like that. It was just something that was It was just said and never brought up again. Yeah. Other than the fact that she didn't smile much yeah, she, or you know yeah she was kind of more withdrawn withdrawn or introverted but, but i don't know that that that, that does necessarily that, correlate they yeah they don't necessarily have to occur together yeah and crew is the youngest 
He doesn't really have any defining personality traits that we get to see. He gets injured a couple of times. Right. With knives. <laughs> Not sure what his fascination is with uh, sharp objects, but maybe it's a trauma response. <laughs> it could be. Very uh, much so. <laughs> so. So those are our, our characters. And um, we will explore the characters as we talk about the plot points of this book. Yeah. yeah. Um, first and foremost, I have to say, don't like the name Loan. And I hated reading it every single time <laughs> her name was said. I just didn't like it. I honestly didn't mind it. I thought it was different. I was like, oh, Lowen, that's that's kind of cool, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't. It, I don't know. I just I didn't love. I didn't love it. I think partially because I a lot of times I have found with contemporary books is that the author wants their protagonist to have a unique name. True. So picking a unique name for the sake of picking a unique name is tiresome. Not because it suits the character so well. Right, right. Understood. Understandable. Absolutely. But I think I do want to give myself a little bit of a disclaimer is not only... I obviously have studied literature very minutely for like eight years, but also I like write a lot myself. Mm -hmm. So there are certain things that bother me about books that probably bother no one else simply (laughs) because I'm thinking about it as like a writer. Right. But that gives you a unique perspective thinking about it from both sides. It does. And then I feel like I'm being really nitpicky, which is true but I also cannot help it. Right. <laughs> and low, the low and thing was it for me. Yeah. The, was the first it, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I like to pick names that make sense for the character. Like I'm working on a witch kind of novel at the moment. And I picked the names based on what their powers are. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Which, you know, a, a lot of the authors do. You know, J.K. Rowling did did that, you know, had the names correlate with who they were as a person. And yeah. I appreciate that kind of thing. I do, too. Which I, I think it shows a little bit of uh, foresight. And it also, it not only is it that you're doing research and you're making sure your name has a meaning, but it also does kind of help you form the personality of that character. Oh, yeah. Right. So, like... In what I'm working on, the main character, I named her Morta mm-hmm. because she is a death witch. Nice. And mort in Latin literally means death. death. Yeah. So Morta. Yeah. Right. And it's a cool name. <laughs> I feel like that's the name of a witch. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. A witch who can literally take the life from your body. <laughs> so. I would want to meet her, but also not at all. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, that that's where my per, that's where I'm coming from perspective wise when I say I hate the name. First Lowen. first taste was not good. <laughs> and I think I may have even Dakota was like sitting we were in the living room while I was reading and I'm pretty sure I even like said it to him. This girl's <laughs> name is Lo and I hate it. And I think he just laughed. I don't think I made it Made a wait. I did make a note somewhere in here. Oh yeah, on page seven. 
Lowen. Don't love the name. <laughs> <laughs> so. Ugh, sorry. You're, you know what? You're allowed. <laughs> You're allowed you. to not like it. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so I guess we'll start with the opening scene. Which uh, is pretty jarring and mm-hmm. at the same time really doesn't end up having any major significance other than bringing our two yes. arguably main characters together. Yes. So, it's a plot device yeah. purely. Yeah. So, so Lowen is on her way to a meeting with a publisher, you know, in the... Tr- public transit, you know, walking across the streets, all the danger that uh, <laughs> goes along with that. And a man steps out on the street a little too soon and gets splatted mm-hmm. <laughs> on a, is it a bus? I think it's, I think it's, a tr- it's a large, like a truck or a bus. Okay. Yeah. So sure. um, uh, un- unfortunately this poor man gets, seems like splatted on a, oh, yeah. uh, large vehicle right in front of Lowen's eyes. Like she's seems as if she's the one right behind him. I dare say she almost wanted to like pull him back, but there was just no, yeah. And no that, time or opportunity. Right. And, and she's covered in his blood. Yes. She has his blood all over her shirt and I, it's, it's graphic. The scene itself is graphic this is how she describes this man's head being crushed. I closed my eyes before his head went under the tire, but I heard it pop like the cork of a champagne bottle. Very descriptive. Really descriptive. We know, we know two things here. Number one, his head crushed. Crushed. He didn't just like get run over like in the torso. No, have the, no. It's head. Yes. So he's not. He's not making it out of this. No, no. There's, there's no, there's no ambulance help for, for him. No, no, no. It's dead on arrival for sure. And also, I feel like because this is all first person perspective, all from Lowen's point of view. Her thinking that the sound of it sounds like the cork coming out of a champagne bottle seems very weird to me. I yeah, don't, I don't know why it seems weird, but it just sounds like a weird descriptor to place on someone violently dying. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, to me, the pop of a cork is like something being released, not something being caved in. Yeah. And it also, the pop of a champagne cork is when I think about that, specifically the sound Mm -hmm. and the action of opening champagne, it. Makes me think of celebration. I was going to say, it's celebratory. It's a it's a positive thing. But maybe that's what she was going for. A complete maybe juxtaposition of yeah. crushed skull, death, and... Celebration. Celebration. <laughs> and joy. Yeah. And life. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sure. Maybe. I don't yes. know. We. I mean, we'll never know authorial right. intent. But right. it just... Irked you. <laughs> it seemed weird to yeah. me. But... So she wanders away from the hubbub, kind she, of in a daze. Yeah, as, she's she's got brain matter on her blouse. Yes, as some people stop at the horrific scene, and others apparently just move about their day. This is New York City, uh, after all. This may not be too far out of the norm. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think anyone would ever just like get desensitized to seeing 
at, like literally seeing a head crushed. Right. I, I don't. I don't think so. Unless you're th- callous as shit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you had to have seen that or worse. And yes. even still, on such a regular basis, that yeah, there's no coming back from that. Right. Uh, yeah. And you always have like you know, the people who want to stop and watch the spectacle. Right. People who didn't actively see it and don't have, like, blood splatter on their face. Right. But want to just, like... Be part of it. Be part of it. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, she finds, what, like, a coffee shop, like, across the street. Yes. Yeah. Well, she runs into Jeremy I was gonna say, she runs in... Well, she runs into a man, which we later find to be Jeremy. Yeah. But, so... He kind of escorts her into the coffee shop. They get to the bathroom because she's still kind of in shock. Yeah. He kind you know, she cleans herself up. He kindly actually gives her his button up shirt. Yeah. And, um. Because hers is, is done for. Yeah. Oh, done for. Especially if you're about to go to a meeting. Like, yeah. And she cannot miss this meeting. Can I? She can't no, go. No. Nope. My day's been ruined. I'm going home. That's yeah. not an option for her. So this man. Kindly gives her his shirt. Um, they, I think, make some glances at each other or notice that, or at least very least, she notices that he's... He's hot. He's hot looking man. Yeah. Uh, and then they part ways and we're not sure that we're going to see him again, but obviously we're going to see him again. <laughs> right. And um, I found this scene very odd for a number of reasons. Um, first of all, they go into the coffee shop the women's restroom is occupied, so he ushers her into the men's restroom, which is fine. But instead of ushering her in and standing guard outside the door, he goes in with her and locks the door. Yes. I meant, yeah, I meant to mention that because she notices and is like, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I am trying to put myself in the situation. I've never seen a human being killed in front of me nor gotten blood splatter on me. Mm -hmm. So it's very hard to say what, if you're thinking clearly, but she seems to be. So we're getting her perspective. She doesn't Mm -hmm. seem to be wildly out of sorts. No, just kind of in a state of like, wow, that, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. What did I just see? Yeah. Yeah. So she has enough wits about her to notice him lock the door. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in reality, if someone ushers you into a bathroom and locks the door, mm-hmm. you're instantly going to be in self-preservation mode. Yeah. And at that point, I feel like I would be like, excuse me, can you please wait outside? Yeah. Yeah. I don't need you to be in here with me, particularly because I'm about to disrobe. Right. And you're a stranger. Right. Now, his intention was obviously to keep people keep people from coming in. And so that he could then, I suppose, disrobe and give her his, his shirt. shirt. But this lady doesn't know that. You're not telling her that. You're just yeah. doing it. <laughs> and and if he had if he had the foresight to be like, okay, that shirt's ruined. She's going to need a new shirt. Mm-hmm. I have on an undershirt so I can take off my yes. button up. Yes. He could have just walked in, taken off the button up, said, here, that shirt's ruined. Right. Have this. I'm going to wait outside. I'll stand guard. So exactly. no one pops in on you why does he need to be standing in the bathroom watching he watches her do it mm-hmm. <laughs> why though because he already feels protective over her it's so or something 
it was so strange to me mm-hmm. that that's how that played out. Yeah. I, my guess is that, she, um, she wanted the sexual tension to be obvious from the beginning. Right. From the get go. Yeah. But you can do that with when he's handing her his shirt. Yeah. Maybe their hands touch. Right. That's Noticing all Noticing that with his tank, you know, his undershirt on that his arms are muscular or that his hands are muscular yeah. or his or, hands are soft or, or the smell of his shirt. Yes. Right. Yes. He doesn't need to be in there yeah. with her while yeah. she's changing yeah. and trying to like clean herself up. Right. In order for that to have come across. Mm-hmm. He didn't need to stare at her while she was standing there in her bra. No, absolutely not. You just don't need to. <laughs> no, I think we were, I think it was supposed to be, oh, he's taking care of her. He's making sure she's okay, that she doesn't, she doesn't need to be alone right now after such a traumatic whatever. But to me, yeah, it's like, if you're going to notice that he locked the door and that makes you feel a little uncomfortable, I would say that that would kill any possible attraction rather than right. accentuate it. But I, I agree. Yeah. And I have to highlight one thing before we move on. Oh, of course. While she's cleaning herself up, she notices two things that I think are really weird in this scenario. She notices how grown out her roots are. Oh, yeah. And she also notes that the shirt he gave her is so big and she's going to look so ridiculous in it at her meeting. Mm -hmm. And, And my thought... If you're distraught enough to need to be escorted to a bathroom and you're cleaning someone else's life's blood off of you, why are you noticing your roots? Because he's looking at her. And why are you like, God, this shirt's going to be so big. I'm going to look so stupid. Right. Rather than, thank God I'm not wearing blood-soaked. The alternative is (laughs) you either have to cancel your meeting that your many eviction notices dictate you need to attend. Yes. (laughs) Or you're going to go there covered in blood. Yes. Yes. So I just feel like these concerns are very uh, surface level. Mm-hmm. And she, the line is, <laughs> it looks ridiculous, but at least it wasn't my skull that exploded on someone else's shirt. Silver lining. <laughs> oh, <wow>. Huh? <laughs> Man, this shirt looks bad, but at least I'm not splattered on the street outside. That, that seems like a very vast comparison. <laughs> I was, this is page six, guys. This is page six. I, arguably not painting Lowen in the most caring sort of light, even though she made a note to say she thought it was callous so people kept walking, but yeah. had, had he not splattered on her, would she have stopped? Probably not. Probably not. That's the first time I thought of that, but yeah. yeah, I don't think, I don't think, I don't know that I think that she would have. She would have been like, gosh, that sucks. And I hate that for him. On to the next. But I got to go to my meeting. Yeah. This is important. Yeah. So. And which is, which is fine. There's nothing you can do. His skull's already crushed. Right. You might as well move on. Right. But I mean, it just, I, I can't reconcile Her being shocked and traumatized with Mm -hmm. her also being super concerned with, like, her hair and this shirt. Yes. Yeah. And then also being like, well, at least my head wasn't crushed. (laughs) It's so, it just doesn't, I don't feel like normal people's minds would 
make those connections. Yes. Yeah. No, I agree. It doesn't seem realistic. Yeah. So I guess I'm going to chalk this up to the writing. Well, I mean, you'd have all to. All of it is chalked up to the yeah, writing. Yeah, you'd have to. <laughs> so, uh, Colleen, uh, we're not go- we're not starting off great here in our relationship. So, <laughs> but after after all that, Lowen gets to go to her meeting, which I believe is fairly close by. Yeah. So she meets with her um, her her book agent. And he informs her, oh, you're you're on time. The meeting was at nine. You're on time. But actually, you're early because you're so chronically late that I told you a half an hour earlier than the actual meeting, which is at 930. Yeah. <laughs> which. Okay. So that's right. like what a quirky proclivity. She's always late. Now. Right. Which is kind of stereotypical for any like artist or. True. And I don't know that it. Again, comes up again. But it, it I guess it informs it her as character. And yeah. maybe I'm getting ahead of myself because I can't remember. the ele- So she gets there. She gets into the elevator. and Oh, she sees Jeremy. They yeah. ride the elevator up yep. together. I was going to say, who's there but the man from the bathroom? Jeremy. Yeah. They ride up the elevator together. Mm-hmm. Don't even remember what they talk about. I don't know. Because at this point, she does know that... Uh, because when they were in the bathroom, again, with the early sharing. Yeah. We have this in P&P. Yeah. With Wickham. But in Verity, also, while they're in the bathroom, she tells Jeremy that her mom died last week. And he tells her that, like, a couple months ago, he pulled his dead daughter out of a pond. That's after right. After she drowned. That's right. But they're, so, but they're all right. But they're all right. Don't forget that they're all right. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, so they they already have like have intimate knowledge about each other. Yes, which they couldn't have had if he didn't stay in the bathroom and creep. Yes, see him staying in the bathroom facilitated the conversation about their dead relatives and their attraction and their attraction. <laughs> so they have an awkward ride in the elevator. Yes, still not knowing why they're both in the building. But you as a reader fully know. Right. You know, you, you know, know that, you know that we're meeting up. This is, this is coming to something. Yeah. So you, you already have figured out at this point, like he's the love interest mm-hmm. and we're he, seeing him again. <laughs> yeah. He's on his way to some meeting. And so is she, I'm shocked that it's the same. One. Yes. Yes. So they find out that yes, they they're they're about to be in the same meeting, and then a half an hour passes. I think after that, she meets up with her with her. Uh, why can I think yeah. of the word agent? It just <laughs> keeps escaping my brain. Corey. Corey. Corey is such like a an unassuming name. You you're not gonna you're not gonna think about a Corey later. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that whole Corey. Yeah. Right, I forgot about him. Right. So, Corey apparently is a great agent, but a bad boyfriend. Yeah. And a subpar lover. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, we don't get any love scene descriptions with Corey. Yeah. Those were left alone. So, we're good. (laughs) Awkward. (laughs) But, yeah, so her relationship with Corey didn't work out because Corey just couldn't get past... The character that she wrote in her first book that, you know, everybody kind of knows her for. Mm -hmm. He fell in love with the character and then met her and um, put some of his affection for the character on her. And then when he realized she's not the same person as said character, their relationship just kind of 
fell apart. Yeah. yeah. Well, it doesn't didn't completely fizzle as they continued to be physically intimate, but just not romantically. So yeah, they were no longer in a relationship, but they were just like you know meeting up late at night, doing it and leaving. <laughs> you know, right. just hey, you know what? Do you? <laughs> This is this is all fine, right? So we have the meeting. Yeah, they we get the we get the situation. Jeremy's wife Verity, who is a prominent author, she's a bestseller, has had an accident. We don't know what kind or what condition she's in, but she's had an accident and is unable to finish her very popular series. Yeah, she's written six out of the nine that are planned, so they want to hire Lowen to finish the series for her or yes well i think it's maybe suggested that it's with her but yes. later we find it's for yes. her in this sort of scenario which i did put a note in here and uh i'm gonna get on my soapbox one more time <laughs> um in the the book the book deal is a co-authorship so it's gonna be verity crawford and Lowen's not sure if she wants it to be Lowen Ashley or a pen name, right? But this is a co-authorship. A lot of the reviews that you read on, like, Goodreads say that Lowen is ghostwriting these novels, and that is not true. A ghostwriter, it's in the name. They are not credited for writing it. It would have just been Verity Crawford. Mm -hmm. And Lowen just wrote them, got zero credit for writing it because that's what you do as a ghostwriter. You're paid to write it and then give the credit to someone else. Right. Co-writing would mean that Lowen also gets a writing credit. Yes. So on her resume, um, the next book that she pitches to a publisher, she can claim those three novels right. as writing credits. That's the difference. It's a very big difference in the industry. Yes, yes. I mean, you both get paid, but you don't get any of the yes acclaim. You, you get accolades. zero accolades. Yeah. Like, Lowen's not going to get any royalties. off. Of, she's getting um, an upfront fee for writing these books. Mm-hmm. She's not going to get royalties, but she will be able to claim writing credit. That's the key here. Yes. So, just to clear the air, mm-hmm. no shade... To the people who wrote the reviews, but I'm speaking from within the industry. Yeah. Just clearing up the misconception. I just want you to be clear. There is a vast (laughs) difference. (laughs) Especially for anyone who's considering being a ghostwriter. You're not getting credit, people. Right. You're not getting credit. You get paid, no credit. So if you would rather be a co-writer, co-author, go with that way instead. Right. Right. So (laughs) she's she's given this off this offer and uh, she's not sure she wants to take it because it includes a lot of book signings and she's gonna have to do press publicity and that is not something she's done on her own books that is not something that is comfortable for her right she so when she talks about her own writing up to this point um she doesn't do press she doesn't do book signings and she's wildly afraid to interact with people who read her books um, I think probably it's the, it's the situation like with her and Corey, 
she thinks that her readers are going to have an expectation of her because of what she has written and she's going to fall short of their expectations like Corey did, Mm -hmm. which I just don't think it's that common that people read a book and think the author must be just like this. Mm -hmm. At least I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I ever have any thought of who the author is generally. But they do, I think a lot of people expect the author to be personable or be sure. be you know a way that you know is very polite and pleasing to people and you very know. gracious that you yeah. love their book yes and which and Lowen's a bit more awkward um when when we do find out that her mom passed away mm-hmm. recently mm-hmm. we learned that she also had left this is the first day that she has left the house since that happened since her mother died this was her first day out of the house in in months because she, when her mom her mom was terminally ill, lived with Lowen in her apartment in New York City, and so when Lowen was caring for her mom for several months, she didn't leave the house because she couldn't leave her mom unattended, and then she died a week prior to when we enter the story, mm-hmm. and this meeting is the first time she left her apartment. Um, so. We don't get a lot of information about her mom, Mm-mm. about um, her relationship with her mom, or about her response to her mom's death, other than that she's kind of relieved that she's dead, mm-hmm. which... And not in a harsh way, just a... I, I get what I get what the point of that is. Like, mm-hmm. she has been her caretaker for months and months and months, and that is undoubtedly incredibly difficult yes. to care for a terminally ill relative. Right. Um, so of course there's going to be some relief because now low cause your life revolves around that ill mm-hmm. relative, mm-hmm. especially if they need round the clock care. Yes. Which is why you should hire a fucking nurse. Get a nurse. <laughs> if you're not a medical professional, I don't feel like you should be the caregiver. You I'm sorry. Really care for them. Yeah. I just, this is, and this is what I've told my parents. Luckily I have, Sis is a certified medical tech, and she's going for her RN. So when my parents get old, Sis will be a seasoned nurse and can take care of them. But I would never trust myself to take care of someone who was ailing. Yeah, I I, I, I don't I just, have the skill set. I'm very squeamish, mm-hmm. and um, I don't have this. I'm I'm not in the medical field even adjacent mm-hmm. yeah, I would no, never be able either. to do it but if you want to be there for them and have them sure. in your home yeah yes nurse. yes exactly they can be in their home with you exactly with and i know that that's like a privilege some people simply do not have because that would right. be expensive right medical treatment in the u.s is abysmal and wildly expensive mm-hmm. and insurance Almost does nothing to help. Mm. So I get that that could be low in situation. Yes. Yes. Um, so, so all that, you know, just kind of adds on to the fact that yes, she's not very good or is not comfortable socially. And yes. so on that alone, she considers not accepting the offer, even though they're offering her. I think the original offer is. Um, 75,000 per book. Yes. So what is that? Like 350,000, 250,000. 
And well, and then there was talk of like, you know, after Corey's cut and all that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, we could look it up, but it, it it's it's a large sum of money for her, but it's not, you know, mind-blowing. It, yeah. it would get her by. She would be able to survive on it, but she's just not sure. So then yeah. Jeremy asks to have the room. Yeah, he wants everybody cuz he ha- he came with to with like Verity's agent and somebody from the publishing house. Mm-hmm. So those three are there to like offer the deal and then Lowen is there with her agent and so Jeremy's like everybody else me and Lowen we we're, we're going to talk alone. So everybody mm-hmm. leaves. And he tells her to ask for more money. He's like, "Hey, ask for 500,000." They're they're lowballing you. They're, they're giving you the low the low offer, mm-hmm. ask for the highest. Yeah. So he's selling her that and she is basically like, I'm not going to take this. I'm mm-hmm. turning this down mm-hmm. because simply because of the press. Right. Literally the only reason is because of the press, which I feel like somebody in dire straits probably going to be evicted from their home. Yeah. Literally has eviction notices. Yeah. I, I don't know that obviously wouldn't have been a wise choice but fortunately for her jeremy says also tell them no press they'll agree to it yeah aka because i have probably because he has the final say so he'll agree to it exactly exactly so (laughs) oh and he says you can come to the house stay for a couple days go go through verity's stuff office find notes be as prepared as you possibly can for this exactly so, she begrudgingly accepts this offer. Of half a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's huge. That's a huge sum of money mm-hmm. for three books. Yes. I mean, it probably isn't when you think of the scheme of, like, major publishing houses and major publications. Like, yeah. an, a best-selling series. Yeah. That, that series is going to bring down way more than that. But... For someone in her position, mm-hmm. this is this is life changing money. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, so good for Lowen, even over a three year time span. Which oh, is this, exactly. this is supposed to take about three years. For, yes, you know, for each yeah. book, whatever. Exactly. So, so um, yeah, Lowen just landed the deal of a lifetime, and mm-hmm. she has the option to publish with her actual writing name. She writes under her real name. Um, her, her stuff, she writes under her real name. So there's the option to publish under Loman Ashley or a pen name, which Jeremy comes up with one. I don't know if that's what she actually ends up using. Actually. Did he come up with it? He did. Oh. It's Laura something. Yes. It's, yeah. It's Laura something. Yeah. He came up with it. I don't remember. <laughs> he explained why. No, you're why. right. Yes. I just don't remember why. Yes. And from here, nothing, uh, really happens. Um, so nothing else really happens after this. So she accepts the deal. Everything's blah bitty, blah bitty. They sign some contracts and Lowen basically packs her car and drives to Maine, which is where the Crawfords live. So yeah, she's on her way north and she does listen to the first book of Verity series on the drive. On the drive. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, I think even after she listens to it, she's not sure how she feels about it. Yeah, because Ver- the thing about Verity's series is it's from the point of view of the villain. Yes. Yes. So. Which is something different for Lowen. Lowen doesn't write yeah. that, that right that way. 
And so. most people don't write from the perspective of the villain, actually. Right. True. It's it's an interest. I would read that book. Yes. Yes. I would, too. I would, too. So, she gets there. We get acquainted. Mm-hmm. I think we probably, you know, meet the nurse. See Verity. Yeah. Her first interaction is with crew. Oh, that's right. He, so, like, she rings the door. Yeah. <laughs> Her window. And she rings her. and she, she, well, she like knocks or rings on the doorbell and he like pops and looks at her through the window. Mm-hmm. Does not open the door. Nope. Just, whoop, and just like runs off. Yeah. She's like, well, that kid's a brat. Yeah. Her, that's her first <laughs> Her thought. first impression. Oh, she changes it later. But her first impression is, wow, that was super rude. Yeah. <laughs> so. so uh, Jeremy comes and answers the door. Yes. Blobbity, blobbity. Right. Right. We meet the nurse. I think she sees Verity and then she realizes the severity of the situation. Right. Because Verity is unable to move on her own. She right. does not speak. She doesn't walk or anything. Yeah. Um, is she essentially catatonic? Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Um, they. I think they talk about her brain activity being like that of a child. Mm. And she's non-responsive almost mm-hmm. she's awake and conscious but mm-hmm. she's just not reactive reactive so yeah and uh so Lowen's gonna stay here for a few days she you know he shows her so jeremy stays upstairs there's three bedrooms upstairs uh the one that verity is in the one that jeremy sleeps in and the one that crew sleeps in so they're all in the upper level lowen will be downstairs in the main master main bedroom and then she'll have the office as well so we then we get to go into verity's office which is quite a mess Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's clutter there's boxes everywhere there are stacks of papers which I mean, is pretty fair. When yeah, I, yeah. We are currently recording at my office and <laughs> I can relate. My office has plenty of piles. I call it organized chaos. I know what's in those piles. So yes. yeah, no judgment on her organizational skills. But she's sifting through and trying to find information on the different books. And she stumbles upon an autobiography written yep. by Verity. Yes. No, this is un- this is just the manuscript. This is not published. Right. She has found it. And I would say quite easily. It didn't seem as if she had to pretty quickly dig I, hard. This is the first time she's been in this office. Yes. And, and she finds it. Yes. Finds it day one. <laughs> day one she finds it. Um so of course she's gonna read it. Right. Right. The reason she's looking through the stuff is to see if um Verity has left any outlines or notes about her intention for the conclusion of her series, which I think, I don't know what I, I think Verity's books are kind of thrillers, not fantasy, but I mean, I know like, like the wheel of time series by Robert Mm -hmm. Jordan, Robert Jordan became terminally ill before he finished the series and he died. And Brandon Sanderson finished the series. Mm hmm using Robert Jordan's notes and outlines. Right. It ended and the things that Robert Jordan wanted to happen happened because he left the notes for Brandon Sanderson. Right. So I think that's what's happening. That's what she's looking for. She's looking for outlines. Right. But she Um, finds the autobiography and 
ultimately decides to read it because in her mind, knowing Verity, mm-hmm. which she can't do because Verity can't speak. Yes. Knowing Verity will help her get into the mind of Verity to finish this book series. Yes. Could it be considered intrusive? Yes, but at the same time, she's been hired to do the job, and mm-hmm. she's just trying to use all assets Everything. available. Yeah, and um, at this point, I believe she, I don't know if it's at this point or soon after that she, well, no, she said she Googled it, and she, so she knew that Chaston and Harper both died. Mm-hmm. So Jeremy hasn't just lost one child, he's mm-hmm. lost two children. Yes. And then obviously his wife is completely like paralyzed mm-hmm. and brain damaged. Right. So the he he's been grief dumped. Yes. At this point. Yes. They, like, there's a term that is brought up being called chronics, which oh, are yeah. people who are just perpetually have the worst of luck, the worst mm-hmm. of circumstances fall upon them and their family. Mm-hmm. They're just chronically Grief stricken. Grief stricken. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And that is certainly the case for Jeremy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she's probably not going to be like, hey, sit down and tell me about Verity. Right. Because he is, he's a grieving father. Yeah. Yeah. So, she finds the autobiography and she's like, fuck it, I'm going to read it. <laughs> and she does. And she and, does. And I think... At first, I think she probably was under the impression that this is this isn't secret, right? Mm-hmm. She found it in a box, and I think with a bunch of other probably bu- notes or amidst right. a bunch of other things, you know, there was nothing. Yeah. It wasn't locked in a box underneath the floorboards. Yes, yeah, so, it was in pretty plain sight. Ish, yeah. it was buried a little, but it was right among it, the rest. Among the rest. So she probably wasn't initially thinking it was a secret either. Right. We get the first chapter that is from the autobiography. So when we get to the autobiography, then you get chapters of Verity's point of view. Mm -hmm. And these chapters are sprinkled in intermittently. And then after each chapter, we kind of get Loan's reaction to what she just read. And they get progressively worse. Right. The first one, it's just... Uh, accounts how Verity meets Jeremy and their their also instant attraction. <laughs> yeah, we have insta love everywhere in this book. <laughs> um, and it's pretty saucy, but I don't think that there's anything particularly jarring. No, but, but as it's... you said, as we continue along, popping in and out of the autobiography and real world, the autobiography gets continually more horrifying. As it is read. Yes. Um, It absolutely does. But I do think, now reading back on my notes, that this first encounter between Verity and Jeremy, um, now this is written from Verity's, Verity wrote this, so take it with a grain of salt. But I think we see a lot about Jeremy's character in the way that he meets Verity for the first time. Mm -hmm. And... They see each other from across the bar, right? Sure. And she's wearing this red dress. It's so salacious. Mm -hmm. Blah, blah, blah. And she wore it because of that. And she's there to attract a rich man. Whatever. Um, So he comes over and she's had, what, three drinks. Mm -hmm. 
and the bartender comes up and he, she orders another drink, but he says, no, she'll just have water. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was, that's, mm. that's controlling and presumptuous. It's very presumptuous. And, um, if I want to have a fourth drink. I'm going to have a fourth drink. Well, and his reason for doing so is... Yes. Because he wants to sleep with her. Exactly. And wants her to be sober enough to make the decision. Exactly. So... (laughs) Yes. So it's very... It's very revealing, I think, about who he is. Mm -hmm. Because... Sure. On the one hand, is it good that... You're not going to take advantage of a drunk woman. Mm-hmm. Of course. But that's common courtesy. It, but it that's... also reveals his designs for exactly. the evening. Exactly. Which are less chivalrous. <laughs> yeah. Because what if she doesn't want to sleep with you sober? What you're doing is presuming the outcome. Right. You think You're assuming she wants to sleep with you, period. (laughs) You think that the only thing that stands between you sleeping with Verity is liquor. Mm Mm-hmm. And you don't even know her. Right. Dude. (laughs) Yipes. Come down a peg. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe you're hot, but you know what? She is clearly hot, too. Right. So... Maybe she wants to pick someone else. And you could say it's exaggerated, but we've already seen this sort of selfishly chivalrous act with how he assisted Lowen. Exactly. So this seems pretty consistent for him. Yeah. So clearly he is presumptuous and assumes that women (laughs) want him in some fashion. And what's, what is, I also found really weird about Lowen's description of Jeremy is that he's very attractive, but she could tell that his attractiveness is a burden to him. <laughs> it's hard Stop being this hot. It. Stop <laughs> it right now. I'm so sorry that you're so conventionally attractive. Suck to be you. Right. Life is so hard. I'm so tired thinking yes. about that. Yes. My English teacher in high school, that was that was her phrase whenever she was like just over it. She's like, You're making me so tired right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it too. Oh, swick. She was my favorite. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I just felt like I mean I need to say yes, that of about course. Jeremy, but... No, no, I, I think it's a good point to point out because like I said, it shows a pattern of yes. character. Yeah, it calls and it calls, uh well, and it it kind of validates that the autobiography is probably fairly accurate. Yes, but we'll get back to that later. So, I think this chapter is just you know just gets low and like woof. Yeah, is hot. <laughs> right, right. Because after they meet, obviously they do end up going and sleeping together and there's graphic description of the sex right. that they have. Verity and Jeremy. Verity well, and Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, which, hey, I don't mind a sex scene here and there. Fine. Is it something that I need in a book? No. Honestly, I'll, I read very few books that are considered spicy. Mm-hmm. I'm much more of like a straight up fantasy gal, but right. uh, if it's there, it's there. Right. I'm not like 
Right. <laughs> right. It's just fine. Right. But but there can be too much sauce. And it, there's still... It is so repetitive is the problem. Yes. It's just so repetitive. And there's nothing know. emotionally bonding or romantic about it. It's all very... Right. Right. Just physically gratifying and, and graphically detailed. And it's yeah. just not necessary. And you don't pick up any... Like, Verity, in her chapter, she's hyper-obsessed with Jeremy. It Like, from after their first encounter together, she's obsessed and can't she doesn't want to be apart from him and that that's it he's like the end-all be-all to her at this point which Mm -hmm. i think is some people do have really obsessive behaviors Mm -hmm. that's that's fair um but so verity's very obsessed Mm -hmm. and when he goes and works out of town you know, she does channel her obsession and how much she misses him into writing, which is good. Right. That's that's when she discovers, you know, her skill for writing. And that's yeah. when she writes her very first book. Exactly. And um, what's weird about her obsession with Jeremy is she is so obsessed, but their encounter or their interactions never seem loving. No. There's not really it's like... possessing. It's possessing. Yes. They don't seem connected. They mm-hmm. don't seem passionate for each other in Emotionally. any other yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So it just seems so superfluous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when he gets back, he proposes to her. Yes. And then they conceive, they conceive <laughs> the twins. Yes. They conceive the twins. This is where the autobiography really takes a turn. It, it get it got really rough for me. These chapters were continually more difficult for me to yeah. read, and just like I had a physical gut reaction. Reaction. I agree. Um, I was highly, highly disturbed by these chapters, mm-hmm. and it did elicit that reaction. Oh, it's snowing! It is snowing. <laughs> I love snow. <laughs> um, so I did have like the visceral reaction because she she's pregnant she's got she's pregnant with twins she does not want to be pregnant she doesn't want her body to change she doesn't want her body to change and she's physically repulsed by the fact that she's pregnant she doesn't feel any sort of connection to the babies and she is wildly jealous of Jeremy being so in love with the babies already. Yes. And she hates it when he touches her stomach. Yeah. And she just she just fakes being happy for his his happiness. His happiness. But yeah. he doesn't ask her to do any, you know, she, he just thinks she's happy too yeah. that she's in yeah. love with these girls too, but yeah, her her jealousy especially grows and grows and her disgust for the babies grow and grow and even to the point where she makes comments like she hopes that they're premature so that her body doesn't change so much and she hopes to have a miscarriage she then actually details attempts at miscarriage which is horrifying yeah which and until we get to the the dooziest of them all where she tries to have a, you know, 
she tries to act, she tries to give herself an abortion with a hanger. Yeah, and yeah, and and even the description of that is more graphic than I needed to needed it to yeah, be. It was and, graphic, and yeah, it just her her callous attitude towards the whole thing, and then wanting to, hoping that she'd have an abortion and that she would. Her plan was to wake up in bed with the blood so that Jeremy could see it and witness it and comfort her through yes. it, and it's just sick. <laughs> I almost stopped reading the book after this. It was, it was, yes, it was very disturbing and gross. I will say that one thing that I did think of as I was reading this portion was, um, I have heard some people talk about the, some women don't bond with their child. Mm Mm-hmm. They don't feel a connection with their child while they're pregnant, and they don't bond with it immediately after it's born. Right. Which is real and valid. Right. And I did think right. about that. The that pro- is real and valid. The problem that I have with the way that that kind of topic is handled is that it's it's said that this is how Verity is feeling, but mm-hmm. there's no real exploration of why. Or where it comes or from. Or where it comes from, or... Um, anything like that. And there's no trauma response to mm-hmm. her. Uh, there's no guilt that comes with hoping for a miscarriage. There's no trauma response to the fact, oh my God, I just tried to abort my babies. Yeah. It. With I, a hanger in with my bathroom five feet from my. <laughs> there's no, yes, like reflection mm-hmm. on this sort of thing. If you're going to, it's one thing to write about traumatic events. That's totally fine. Right. And every, not everyone is a good person. Right. I, I understand that you're depicting someone who's not a good person and that, right. that's been made clear, but there's a way to handle it to where it makes the story. Is there, if there would have been a reason why. Right. That comes up later. I mean, her reason why is because they're going to steal the love for her. Yeah. From her, like Jeremy's. The reason is because Jeremy's going to love them more yeah, than her. Exactly. And it, it, that's just not enough of a reason. No. To me. No, absolutely not. But it, that's the, that's, I feel yeah. the reason that we're given. That's the, that is the reason why. And, that and we're she given. does actually express it somewhat to him that she's, you know, kind of concerned. But his, his response is, well, but, you know, love for a child is unconditional. Our love is conditional. And she is just, she's shocked. Shocked by that. Yeah. Yeah. And her, she also is like, you love them more than me. And he's like, yeah, of course I do. Right. And he's like, and you love them more than you love me. And right. She's, she doesn't respond to that. But in her mm-hmm. brain, she's like, no. Right. And at first, I think he, either at first or after whatever, at that, in that conversation, he says, you know, well, that kind of love, it's, it's a different kind of love. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> yeah. That's not, that's not enough for her, for him to basically say. You know, there's enough love for all to go around. It's a different kind of love, and yeah. this is going to be great. That's not good enough for her. No, so. it isn't. And so. the result of the hangering, uh, that sounded gross, um, <laughs> resulted in a scar on one of the children's cheeks. Yeah. Chastin. Chastin has the scar on her cheek, and the doctor says it's, uh, like, tissue. Fibrous tissue Fibrous from the womb tissue or from something. the womb. But uh, Verity, she knows. Yeah. She knows what happened. 
Yeah. So then, you know, she does, she still continues to not bond with the children until she has, um, well, actually, no, there's more horrifying things to come before the thing I was about to say. So first few weeks, Jeremy's home to help her with the children. It's exhausting. They're getting up at all hours, you know, just Mm -hmm. like you would with a newborn. Um, And then Jeremy goes back to work and she's by herself. And actually, shock, she gets more sleep. You know why, y'all? Because she says goodbye to him, turns off the baby monitor and just lets them cry all day while she sleeps in. Yep. And neglects her children. Yeah. (laughs) And all of their needs until about a couple hours before Jeremy gets home. Bathes them, feeds them, finally settles them down, which is pretty easy, as she says, because they've already worn themselves out from crying all day long. Oh, my God. Um, And then she look, you know, and then makes dinner and she just looks like she's got it all figured out. She's, yeah, the perfect wife and mother. Zero, again, zero remorse, zero concern, just all about looking good to Jeremy so that she can continue to possess him. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it just so. when when I was reading, I was like, it couldn't possibly get worse. It just get keeps getting worse. Yeah, and then so one night, Verity has a dream that Harper. So the twins are Chastin and Harper, as we said before. She has a dream that Harper basically tries to murder or kill or successfully kills kills Chastin. Chastin. And at so, this point, she's kind of decided that she likes Chastin. I think because of this dream and the emotional response that the dream elicits from her, she realizes, whoa, I love this child. It was deep down in there, but here it is now. I I love Chastin, but I hate Harper. Because she tried to kill Chastin. Right. She believes that this is some sort of premonition to come and that to save Chastin, the one she now now finally loves she's that she has to kill Harper. So she attempts to do so unsuccessfully. Yeah. Cause Jeremy walks in Yeah, as she's attempting to put her fingers down Harper's throat right. and asphyxiate her. Yes. So <laughs> it's great. Sick. Yeah. Whoa. Right. <laughs> so this is, this is what we know of Verity thus far. Um, so obviously Lowen is like, this bitch be crazy. hmm And she's at this conundrum where she's not sure if she should show Jeremy, like, at this point. hmm What? Because did he, does he know? And I think that Lowen's motivations obviously are becoming more and more out of self-reward mm-hmm. as opposed to... Because she feels like he should know. Right. Who he was married to. Right. Because the attraction, the flirting between Lowen and Jeremy just continues. Yes. I would say all the while outside of the autobiography, back in, you know, the present, I guess Mm -hmm. we should say, (laughs) Lowen and Jeremy, you know, become more friendly, more familiar, have... Moments together. They're bonding. You know, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, but after each chapter, at least Lowen shares our complete horrified feeling of what we just read. (laughs) Yes. And I, it's, you know, this is setting us up. We hate Verity because she's horrible, attempted baby killer. Right. And Lowen is just 
blowing. <laughs> we we still, I mean, we don't know tons about her. So we do know when she gets to the house and she realizes that the bedroom that she'll be sleeping in does not have a lock on the door. It makes her somewhat uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. We later learn that is because, not because she's afraid of Jeremy or anyone coming into the room, but she's afraid of herself getting out of the room because she sleepwalks. Yeah. Um, as a child, she sleptwalked, stood on the banister of her front porch, jumped, greatly injured her hand, and then walked back into the house. And that freaked her out. Yeah. Understandably so. Sure. But, um... That's, that's for, all we get of that. Yeah. And later we even find that, you know, it freaked her mom out to the point where her mom was then scared of her, which doesn't track for me because I... Now, I do not have children. I have lots of nieces and nephews, but I personally do not have any children. But Mm -hmm. I would think if my child was sleepwalking and injured themselves, I would be scared for my child, not of my child. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, I, amongst other things, I just, I feel like we don't, we don't know who Lowen is as a person. Yeah. Outside of the handful of outside of the fact that she's a writer and she is super attracted to Jeremy. We don't really know anything about her. Right. So that, that's a difficult thing for me since she's the protagonist. She's the point of view character and she doesn't, I mean, she doesn't have any personality happening. Yeah, other than her, you know, somewhat flirtatious moments yeah. with Jeremy. Yeah. And he doesn't really have a personality either. Mm-mm. I mean, other than the fact that he's hot. We don't yeah. really know, uh, you know, he's hot and he's a grieving father. Yeah. And he, in certain moments, like, he seems nice. He seems like he just wants to help. You know, and do the right thing and, and all that. But, and yeah, Lowen is going through a stressful time because as previously mentioned, she had eviction notices. Mm-hmm. She was supposed to move into a new apartment. Well, they found out she had eviction notices, so that fell through. So she had nowhere to go. But Jeremy mm-hmm. tells her, you can stay here a little longer. You you need to do all this work anyway. I'd, I would rather, it said m- multiple times, I'd rather you... Spend extra time here, really learn what you need to learn, then get back to New York and wish you would have stayed longer mm-hmm. or wish you would have taken right. more information with you. Yes, exactly. So she's staying longer. Right. And, uh, you know, <laughs> thing, thing, and at this point is kind of when she starts to notice some weird things happening. Yeah. Just, just a couple sprinkled things in like the nurse says, okay, I left Verity upstairs with the radio on. See you tomorrow. And mm-hmm. then Lowen goes upstairs and the radio's off. Right. Verity has seemingly not moved, but for some reason the radio is off. Yeah. Or the TV, whichever. The t- yeah. Some, yeah. Whatever. So. And then I think one night she says she hears footsteps, um, in the middle of the night that aren't as heavy as Jeremy and aren't as light as crew, but she tries to just shake it off. Cause yeah. obviously the more she reads these chapters, the more creeped out she is by Verity, yes. even though Verity is seemingly unable to do anything. It just, yeah. she just gets a bad, bad feeling, yeah. bad vibe. 
is spooked out. So she's trying to tell herself these things. She's either making up in her head or just... She's trying to reason them away. Right. Right. And we have no idea what they are or what's happening, but... Eventually, she does get a lock on her door to keep herself into her room and also, I guess, keep her out of the rest of the house. Yeah, because she does, like, the one-time sleepwalk and yeah. ends up, wakes up, and she's in Verity's bed. Right. I was going to say, the lock on the inside of the door does not work. She, yes, has a bad dream and wakes up in another room, and then we find she's laying in bed right next to Verity. <laughs> Which I, I think is very weird, but... Once we get to the rest of the story, I'll yeah. talk about why it's more weird. But yeah. yeah, so she, and that's when she tells Jeremy, yeah, I wanted the lock because I sleepwalk, blah, blah, blah. Right. And he's like, gets the lock for the outside of the door. Right. And we go on. So that she continues to stay because she was just going to go to a she, hotel. She was just going to leave and he, he mollifies her. Yes. And then, um... I don't, you know, they're both night owls, it turns out, mm-hmm. and they're up late and end up kissing on the couch. Smooching pretty hard. <laughs> There's heavy petting happening. <laughs> but then, dun dun dun, shocker, surprise, uh-uh. she sees Verity standing at the top of the stairs behind them, looking furious with her fists clenched. And Jeremy does not see Verity standing there. Just, just, uh, Lowen does. So she's obviously freaked out. It's like, get the hex away from me. I just saw. Yes. I just saw Verity. And he's like, no, that's not possible. Yeah. And he says, I saw the scans. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Remember that there's, there are scans apparently. I don't know what they show other than it ain't possible. Yeah. So... He thinks that Lowen is seeing things brought on maybe by guilt. Yes. And he's like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have kissed you. I mean, but at this point, by the time that she sees Verity, I'm pretty sure that they were, like, disrobed fully. Like, maybe not full on naked, but they no. were, like, approaching Shirts naked. were Shirts lifted, were at least. And I'm not. pretty sure nipples were out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So it wasn't like, you know, a simple position where it was just like, oh, he was blowing an eyelash out of my eyeball. It was. It could not be explained away. No, no. It was pretty obvious as to what was occurring in that Yes. Yes. So I don't not, I don't fully remember what happens immediately next, but it's not that much time before they actually go to the master bedroom and straight up just hook up in there right i was gonna say i think there might be like a day or two of like yeah i don't know i don't even know that i mean like they might have a brief conversation of like yeah we shouldn't do that but then it's like but yeah you know even and i can't remember if it's at this point that he says you know his relationship with verity even wasn't what he had hoped it would be he he knew there was love there, but he also hoped that it would deepen and it never really did. Yeah. And that, yeah, you know, Verity is so. in the situation she's in and they both have these feelings. Oh, yeah. he, he does say that he's never like um, felt an instant connection with someone um, 
the way that he, or maybe it was the first time in a really long time. And he was, and it was when I was in the bathroom with this woman, AKA Lowen. So yes. yes. Yeah. Then they, yeah. Then they just go ahead and do it. And she does ask him if he feels like guilty and he's like, yeah, but not enough to not do this. Right. Well, you know what? Fair. Right. At least you're honest. You right. feel bad, but it's not stopping you. Right. And Lowen, of course, doesn't feel all that bad because she no. knows who Verity yeah. is. She's like, this woman's awful. Yeah. She's she's pl- she's using what she thinks that she knows in secret yes. about Verity to justify the fact that she's cheating with yes. a married man, yep. which I just don't think tracks. <laughs> Listen, just because his wife sucks doesn't mean that... Y- you get a free pass. No. If, if you truly feel that way, y'all need to hold off until... Yeah. And it, again... Until I'm, he is not married. <laughs> exactly. If you know that you have feelings for this person, this person has feelings for you, you don't just throw everything else out the window and be like, you know what? I don't care. And sleep with them. Have a conversation with them like... If it had gotten out... Yeah, she's using a pen name, but if it gotten out... Right. There goes her deal finishing the books. Yeah. There, I mean, and then what's she going to do? Exactly. I mean, if he doesn't decide to take care of her. Scandal. Scandal. And then she's. Yeah. Essentially screwed. And it, it makes me think of Gilmore Girls again, because everything does. Whenever <laughs> Rory sleeps with Dean mm-hmm. and he's married mm-hmm. and she's talking to Lorelai and Lorelai is like, and Rory says, um, Lindsay's not good for him. Mm-hmm. She makes him quit college and work himself to death. And Lorelai says, no, you don't get to do that. Yeah. You don't get to be the person who blames the wife for the husband cheating. Yep. Yep. And that's exactly right. You just yes. can't do that. No, nope. I'm sorry. No, you can't. People suck. Yes. Yes. But Jeremy is married to her yep. by his own free will. He's married to this monster, okay? <laughs> Whether and, he knows she's yeah, a monster or not. Exactly. Because <laughs> you know what? You don't have to marry people. Right. <laughs> you just don't <laughs> what? <have> to. <laughs> if you didn't feel a deep connection with her, you shouldn't have married no. her. No. Exactly. Duh. It's like, basically, aka, he settled and she was obsessed with him. Exactly. So, so the morning after, they're... Trist. (laughs) (laughs) The door from the outside is locked. Yes. Who who did this? Hmm. Do we think it was crew? I I you know, Jeremy likes thinks that it's crew, but Lowen has other suspicions. Yeah. So obviously Lowen is like, it was Verity. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. So He's not taking any of her suspicions seriously, which I guess makes sense, right? He Mm -hmm. just, it's been months that Verity has been an invalid. Yes. And he, there's no reason he would think that she was faking. Correct. And so he's just like, stop, you're being paranoid. Mm -hmm. And so he crawls out the window (laughs) and he unlocks the door and they go on with their business right and stuff right. so i think we forgot to mention earlier when some of the other suspicious things were happening crew is in his mother's room sometimes she hears him talking to her which is not 
weird. He, and just because she can't respond doesn't mean that crew can't talk to her. Yeah, and he's five years old, and so, you know, five-year-olds and their imagination, maybe he's right. he's spending time with his mom and he's talking to her and he imagines that she's talking back. Right. Sure. But he does cut himself with a knife at one point. And this is upstairs. Yes, and this is not upstairs. Right. This is the earlier cut. There is another one to come, so. Yeah. <laughs> he cuts himself with a knife. Lowen rushes him to the bathroom. Jeremy comes up. But then when Lowen goes back to get the knife so that Crew doesn't hurt himself again, the knife is gone. Yeah. So there is some random missing knife in the house in play. And actually, it doesn't, it doesn't come, come back, back up. If you have... Well, I'll say it later. But. Yeah, I know. So, so after this, yes, you know, he breaks the window. They get out and just kind of keep doing their keep thing. Doing their thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, living their little playhouse life in the lower half of the house. Yeah. Well, then, you know, crew is sitting there eating some peanut butter, licking a butter knife and then cuts himself in the yet mouth. again. Yeah. It's almost written as if he bites down on it on purpose. Yeah. Or it something. Seems, it, it seems weird. It, it seems strange, but so he cuts himself. Jeremy is going to rush him to the hospital and it's like, hey, I can't leave Verity here alone. And this is late at night. The nurse is gone. So right. Lowen is expected to stay at the house. Which is wildly inappropriate. Yes. That is so inappropriate on so many levels. Not <laughs> only is she not, she has no idea how to take care of Verity. She doesn't know what to do in certain situations. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know what medicine she needs. Right. Who to call if something goes wrong. Right. She's just a writer who's there. She also is sleeping with the husband of the invalid. Who has seen, you know, from Lowen's point of view, has seen them in a compromising position. It, it is so inappropriate on so many levels. Jesus H. Christ. Right. So. But, so Lowen reluctantly is like, okay, I'll stay. She runs downstairs in the basement, finds a baby monitor to put on. In uh, in Verity's room. So if she does move one, she'll have proof, right? Because the now the the monitor doesn't record, but if um, she sees her start to move, right. she can record she, on her phone. Exactly. So she runs upstairs with knife in hand, with a different kitchen knife in hand, yes. sets up the monitor, go locks. Verity's door because after supposedly seeing Verity at the top of the stairs, then <laughs> Jeremy puts a lock on Verity's door. So many locks. So many locks. And so she locks the door, runs downstairs. She's freaked out, but supposedly safe. Yeah. Then, after many minutes of waiting or hours or whatever, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, Verity's crouched on the floor. She's out of the bed. On her own. I, yeah. Does she get her phone out in time to get a picture? I don't think so. But, and then, does she take the time after that point? Like, I, I, I don't think she gets it caught on tape in time, but she's like, I saw it. It really happened. I, does she read more of the... <laughs> the I, I don't remember the exact order. order of events here, but at this point, I think... Actually, I think at this point... She has finished all of the chapters of the book. Okay. I couldn't remember um, if she had finished or if she was yeah. about to, okay, while I'm here, I'm finishing this. 
thing. Yeah. So <laughs> the conclusion of the autobiography is that we're like several years in. Chaston and Harper are like seven years old. And Verity is like, you know, they live their life. She's a successful writer. They have a nanny. Mm-hmm. And so the kids are like taken care of perfectly yeah. fine. She yeah. has crew. She seems to love crew. So she loves or crew. Or likes him well enough. Likes him well enough. She favors Chaston and crew and basically ignores Harper. And Jeremy's like, hey, everyone can tell that you <laughs> hate Harper. And Harper notices. And so this is a conversation and whatever. It's obvious. But um, so then they go to the sleepover and Chaston dies from anaphylaxis from the peanut allergy. And so Verity's like, Harper did it. Because they made it a point to make sure that the family they were staying with knew all about the peanut allergy, can't have any nuts, can't blah, blah, blah. So they covered all their bases. They were, did their due diligence, made sure she had an EpiPen, mm-hmm. and that the parents knew how to administer the EpiPen and all of this. So Verity is like, well, Harper had to have done something. She had to have slipped she it, had to slip it, it in. into their pile of snacks. Yeah, she had to have. Because these kids, they went to the cabinets and they grabbed snacks in the middle of the night. No parental guidance. Like, no one was watching and making sure what they got. The family, you know, said that they kept those things on a higher shelf. But kids are going to climb on counters and get all the snacks. They don't, you know, aren't thinking. It's late at night. It's a dim. Yeah. So Jeremy is obviously devastated. Mm -hmm. Devastated by the death of Chaston. And Verity is sad, too, because she... Love she Chastin. makes yeah. She makes note to say I was even upset for yeah. a week or a yeah. day, you know, exactly some amount of time. But then she starts clocking like how long it's been since her and Jeremy have had sex, and she's like, "When is he gonna get over it? Jesus, get over it!" Right. And then she's like, "Well, she devises this plan. Well, if I just kill Harper." Then me and Jeremy and crew will just be the perfect little family. And he's already maxed out on his grief. Jeremy hit maximum grief losing Chaston. So losing Harper is not... Just another drop in the bucket. It's just not going to be that big of a deal. (laughs) And he's just going to love me so much more and want to take care of me. And so she puts crew crew and Harper in a rowboat in their, like, pond... They row out, and she tips the canoe, saves crew, and lets Harper drown. Yep. <laughs> and Loan is reading this, and she's like, what the fuck is yeah. going on here? Yes. She's like, okay, proof that she not only attempted to be an awful human being, but finally succeeded. Yeah. Which is, it's so crazy, but um, she, she's like, what do I do with this knowledge Yeah, at this point? Yeah. It's like she's home alone with her. She's seen her move. Yeah. She's read the final bits. She's she's done. She's convinced this, yeah. this woman's faking it. She's yeah. psycho. Yeah. Something needs to be done. Exactly. And so I, I don't remember. To- I think what happens at this point is... Jeremy comes home with mm-hmm. crew, puts crew to bed, and she tells him, mm-hmm. I saw her move on the monitor, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, impossible. Mm-hmm. There's no way that this happened. Mm-hmm. 
And, and she's hysterical, runs upstairs with a knife, starts threatening Verity, like... grabs her by the leg and, like, pulls her out of the bed. Yeah. And Jeremy's like, Loan, you have to leave now. Yeah, like, get this, out. You can't... This is unacceptable. You have to yeah, leave. get out. And that is when she pulls the manuscript out of her back yeah, pocket. She's read like, this. Here. And so he reads it, and then he's pissed. Beyond pissed. And then runs up to Verity's room and is like choking her to death. Well, I think first he says, Oh, wait. Move. Yeah, he does. Talk to me. Move or something. He's like, yes. Prove it. Move. Yes. If you don't move, I'm calling the cops and I'm giving them this. Yes. This um, manuscript. And then. And he says it has to say it a couple times. And then eventually she's like, Oopsie. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Yeah. I can't even remember what she says, but she doesn't say, I mean, I think she's just like, I had to, you know? Yes, I think, yeah. But I mean, other than that, that's, she doesn't say much. And then he's choking her. Yeah. And then Lowen's like, stop, think of crew. And that's the only thing that, that stops him from choking her. And then after that, still Verity says nothing, doesn't move, doesn't get up, really. She nope. just... Does she's, she does she try and plead her case really at all? I don't think so. But so there, and maybe she's just you know incapacitated from the choking. But mm-hmm. so then they devise. Well, it's more like stop, don't kill her. If you get caught, crew yes. won't have a father. So then it's like, well, you could, especially in her condition. You could put your fingers down her throat like she did to Harper, or try to do to Harper, and, and it'll look like she just choked on her own choked vomit. on her own vomit, which is what they do, and they kill her. Yep, Lowen doesn't watch, of course, but Jeremy does does it. the deed, and then it's done. And then it is done. Then she <laughs> concludes her her writing investigation, leaves for about five minutes, probably. <laughs> Yeah. They have probably had the funeral or or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then she continues to write the books. They don't really waste any time. They get together. Yeah. Pregnant. Yeah. Lowen is pregnant from the first night that they slept together, which I thought was weird. After after they sleep together for the first time, she notes, or maybe it it wasn't the first time, but definitely one of the times. Because it was like. Oh, the, the first encounter, yeah, yeah, first encounter they didn't, or maybe they did, but it, I don't want to get graphic, whatever. One of the times insemination occurs and she decides to like, I'm going to tilt my hips up and I'm going to keep this right, whatever, whatever could possibly, she basically is like, I'm intending to get pregnant with Which this. Which is super shitty. It's just with the situation they're right. in is Why weird. It's a weird that? choice. Why would you do that? I know. I know. So she's pregnant. They're living their happy ever after life. No one ever suspects anything. Whatever. They're going to and So they're, they're living their best lives. Them and crew and baby on the way. And uh, they go back to the house to make sure they've got everything because they're selling that sucker. Too many bad memories, you know. Yeah, just murder. Murder. Murder really puts a stain on the enjoyment of a house. Yeah, it really does. (laughs) So, and she's up in the room that Verity had been in when she was faking her injuries. Mm -hmm. Because Crew went upstairs to go get his treasures out of the floor or something like that. And so Crew, there's a 
loose floorboard in this room and crew had some drawings and then Lowen found the knife, the mysteriously disappearing knife, and also a letter mm-hmm. that Verity wrote to Jeremy, which first of all, I just feel like it's super weird that this letter is under the floorboard here. Mm-hmm. How, why would she have assumed he would look there right. and find it? That's clearly where she was crouching once yes. the baby monitor was on her. Yes. That's what she was doing when she was crouching on the floor then. Exactly. Because this letter was written after, after me. she saw them hooking up on the couch. Correct. And, and after we find out she locked them in the in room. The so room. it was sort of after those events occurred is exactly. when this letter was written. Yes. So she writes this letter. It's like, blah, blah, blah. Jeremy, um, I know you hate me for the manuscript. That wasn't real. That was a writing exercise in order to help me be able to write from the vil- point of view of a villain better. So I wrote this as if it the opposite of what was happening in my real life. So when I found out I was pregnant, instead of being writing the reality that I was overjoyed, I wrote how miserable and how much I hated it. Mm-hmm. Right. So that is her, her excuse for the manuscript is that it was a writing exercise and that she did not try to kill Harper or mm-hmm. she did not kill Harper and that it was an accident. And you wish he wouldn't have found the manuscript on the computer. So he already knew about the manuscript. This is before Lowen even enters the picture. Supposedly. Supposedly he had discovered it on her computer and that her accident that caused her injuries was not an accident, but that he facilitated the accident trying to kill her because of what she did because of what she did to harper because at the we didn't mention before but at the end of the manuscript the quote-unquote fake manuscript she says you know she even mentions like jeremy suspects me he's questioned me he know he thinks he knows that I what I did to Harper. If I lose him, you know what's the point? You know I might as well just drive my car into a tree. Yeah, and that's how she sustains her injuries. Uh, yes. So, but yeah, so she even says, you know, me writing the end of that manuscript was my downfall. I wrote exactly how I was to possibly die, saying how he. You know why would he need to be reminded of what he did or be told what he did? Exactly. With the car. But anyway, so she says, you know, I, you know, that's what happened. You did this accident, uh, but I did actually recover, but I didn't want you to put me in jail. So I just pretended. Yeah. And I want, I was trying to get something plans together and take crew mm-hmm. and but she had to wait for the the new wait. book money i don't know why their current money was not good enough but yeah, she had to so, wait for their book money yes yeah, so she would get up in the middle of the night and get on the computer and set up fake new accounts for the money to go into so that she could leave with her and crew mm-hmm. which and she said she searched for the manuscript so she could get rid of it to get rid of the evidence of what she you know had not done, but would easily prove that would otherwise. Easily, yeah. So she, she couldn't find it, but Lowen found it pretty easy. But yeah, I so know. she, you know, was waiting for her moment. And this letter was her telling him why she took crew and, yes. and, and whatever. And I can't even, I could look up how it ends. 
It's they, just ridiculous. Yeah, I, I think it really... She uh, even says, I still... I, I understand why you did what you did, why you tried to kill me, if you really believe that the manuscript was real and I still love you. You couldn't possibly have... If you really knew me, you couldn't have possibly believed any of that manuscript was real, mm-hmm. but I understand you and I love you. Yeah, basically. Whatever. And then... You were the best father in the world, hands down. I love you, even still. She says, I don't blame you for what you've done to me. Yeah. Which I think is crazy. Um, and then Loan basically tosses the letter back in under the floor. Mm-hmm. No, I think she I think she rips it up and burns it. Like, gets rid of it. Oh, does she? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Because she's like, ain't nobody gonna yeah, find she, this. She doesn't want anybody to find no, this ever. No. And um, basically, they just leave the house. They've moved to one of the Carolinas. Mm-hmm. And... That's it. Yeah. The and then but then the question the question at the very end of the book becomes let's see. It was just there. No matter which way I look at it, it's clear that Verity was a master at manipulating the truth. The only question that remains is which truth was she manipulating? Ooh. So it comes into question, was the letter real? Or was the manuscript was real? Was the manuscript real? So do you believe that she wrote the manuscript as a writing tool and none of that awful stuff really happened? She's not that person and Jeremy just suspected her incorrectly and tried to murder her and now Lowen stuck with an attempted and then con- <laughs> completed murder. <laughs> or did Verity write this? Did she really write the manuscript? It was all true. Did she write the letter as another yet manipulation? Because we find in the story, even when the cops come after Harper's death, you know, she says it's easy to lie about what happened and how she was feeling because she's a writer. Yeah. And she didn't write this goodbye letter to Crew or about stealing Cruz until after she found him and Lowen together. That's, Why wouldn't yes. you have written this beforehand? If you had all these nights that you were able to make a bank account, you're telling mm-hmm. me you couldn't. Yeah. You couldn't. <laughs> it was just, yeah. You couldn't steal other money. Like, you couldn't find the manuscript and destroy it and then go to the police and be like, hey, the proof. Yeah. Because yeah. then... You- if Lowen found it that easily, why couldn't you find it that easily? Exactly. Why couldn't you have found it, destroyed it, stolen crew, gone to the police and been like, hey, I've been faking that I'm um, catatonic because my husband tried, tried to, to murder kill me. me. And yeah. I just now had the chance to leave. Right. Why didn't you do that? Oh, because you still love him and you didn't want... Forget that. Yeah. He tried to murder you yeah. under a quote unquote misunderstanding. Right. It's just so crazy. What I found really disappointing about the ending of this book is that you find we find out that Verity has been faking all these injuries but nothing happens because of it Mm -mm. right I feel you know it seemed very ominous when she was standing at the top of the stairs fist clenched and she sees them like Mm -hmm. making out Mm -hmm. and I was expecting for her to be tormenting Lowen 
Yes. After that. Yes. And Because like, why else would you do obvious things like turn off the radio and bring attention to yourself exactly. if you weren't trying to? Or the time that, like, Verity is sitting on the couch in the living room and Lowen's in the kitchen mm-hmm. and she, like, messes with, like, the sound of the TV. Yeah. Like, turns yeah. the sound off. Yeah. And, like, I thought we were going to get more, like, more of Verity specifically tormenting Lowen and right. it being increasingly more increasingly worse like yes. increasingly more serious yes and maybe even an, an attempt on Lowen's life right because we've been set up for the entire book with how obsessed mm-hmm. and jealous Verity is mm-hmm. and if she's jealous enough for Jeremy's love that she's willing to attempt to give herself an abortion mm-hmm. of course she would be jealous enough to attempt to kill some girl she doesn't know right but if she did that then we wouldn't be left with the question of if the letter was real or the manuscript was real yeah (laughs) yes it just didn't seem like a payoff at the end that you are built up to this you are given clues Mm -hmm. by the time you're you are confirmed that Verity's faking. You've already yeah. known it for a while. Right. And why wouldn't she argue or fight more once she got yeah. figured out? Yeah. She's been found out. So freak out, kill, grab a- your little knife from the, you know, under the floorboards. Yeah, I- or I would assume maybe you were keeping it to keep yourself safe in case something happened. Well, that didn't work. Yeah. Attempt to kill Lowen and Jeremy and then go back to, or steal crew and run away. Do something more interesting. Right. It just petered out at the end. Yeah. Like, the twist was barely a twist. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the twist was intended to be she killed Harper, or that she's faking her injuries, or that Jeremy actually knew about the manuscript, mm-hmm. or that Jeremy's the one who tried to kill her. I don't know which one of these is supposed to be the twist. I think the twist is supposed to be the none of the manuscript was real. I think that is supposed to be the twistiest twist of all the twists. Right. Which I just think is honestly a cop-out and a little bit lazy. Yeah. Because, of course, the manuscript is the real story and not the letter. Because whenever she's describing killing Harper, when they're in the canoe and she tips it, she grabs crew and says, hold your breath. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is never dis that is never disproved by Jeremy when he reads it. Right. And the reason he suspected Verity in the first place is because Crew told him. Right. Mommy told me to hold my breath before we tipped the canoe. Right. And Verity's like, he's confused. I told him as the canoe was tipping. Yeah. There's that's there's so no, silly. There's no flipping way that you would not try to grab both of your children no especially if you knew because harper supposedly can't swim exactly you knew she couldn't swim why wouldn't you snatch her first you couldn't find her because she got caught in the net underneath and also if you're thinking about this like they went out there neither crew nor harper had on life jackets which is one of the first questions and she said they were so excited they didn't want to wear them Mm -hmm. but you're talking about a parent who just lost a child yes due to an accident. An accident. Whether so, she believed that Harper did it or not. Exactly. So if we're operating and the manuscript is fake, 
wouldn't this parent be overly cautious? Mm-hmm. We're going out in the canoe. Mm-hmm. Canoes are notorious for tipping over. It's me and two children, and I don't have any help. They definitely, and I know, right. my, I know Harper doesn't know how to swim. They're going to wear life right. jackets. Well, and even in the manuscript, she says, you know, oh, she's like worried that Harper's in like the air pocket under the boat. So yeah. that's something she is well aware is possible. So if you don't have time to save both of your, why wouldn't you put crew in the air pocket under the boat that there possibly could have been? I mean, assuming that the, let's say the manuscript's fake, but she wrote the manuscript so she knows this fact because she's the one that came up with it. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you put your kid in the pocket under the boat and then go look for the other one and then all of you yeah. are just crew, hold on to the boat while I look for Harper. Yeah. You've got arms. You're flip, not an infant. Flip the boat back over. Toss him in. He's only like four or five. Yeah. And grab the other one. The, I just. I, it's just so hard to believe that right. accidents happen, obviously. But in this scenario, it's just. There's no. There's no question in my mind that. That was the it, chair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that the manuscript is reality in the letter. No. It's just there's. Too many holes. There's too many holes. Yeah. And I just feel like the letter didn't need to occur. Mm -mm. That that was just a last stab at Jeremy's possible happiness with Lowen. Yeah. And it was um, unnecessary. It didn't add. It actually kind of took away from the rest of the book, I Mm -hmm. felt like. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that there was that much to take away. (laughs) But I I agree with you. I feel like the the torture of Lowen should have been more, like... Yeah. Severe or whatever, like, you know, and then there should have been more of a fight on Verity's part because whether she was faking or not, I don't believe that a psycho woman or an innocent woman would have just laid there in that bed after she was found out. Exactly. I don't know. I mean, I get she might have been incapacitated after being choked, but even still for her to just be like, what? And then for him to just, it's just. Yeah. And it just. (laughs) It just doesn't seem like, especially because at the, we know that Jeremy had already discovered the manuscript, mm-hmm. likely. And knew. That's if you believe the letter. I think, yeah, that's true. But, so I just feel like his impulse control is so silly here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, sure, in your instant, like, reaction, you are trying to choke her out and then no one's like, Hey, stop. Yeah. I don't understand why the next thought process for Lowen is don't choke her. They'll know you killed her. Let's Mm -hmm. make her throw up and then choke on her own throw up. Right. Why wouldn't they just call the police? Right. Because if they're like you, you pointed out to me, I think the other day, the brain scans, how can the brain scan stay that she's got the brain of a child but she's perfectly fine. Yeah, that was another like wild plot hole that I just could never get over because the nurse talks to Lowen and tells Lowen about Verity's condition with authority and mm-hmm. a nurse is usually science minded. Yes. So, I'm guessing the nurse has medical charts and Verity has to go to the doctor often. Mm-hmm. I think there's even a part in the book where the nurse takes her to the doctor. Mm -hmm. So she's going to the doctor and Jeremy says, I've seen the scans. She's not faking. Right. But did she recover? But even still, I mean, (laughs) I just, it just is so wild to me that there was 
seemingly medical authority yes. that diagnosed Verity mm-hmm. with it, they don't use the term traumatic brain injury, but that's what that would be. Yeah. Um. So she's clearly been fully diagnosed medically, mm-hmm. and would have a neurologist mm-hmm. that sees her and monitors her progress. Yeah. yeah. You can't fake a scan, and you can see TBI on a brain scan. Yeah. How, why? What is the explanation? <laughs> and some parts of the brain, when you have traumatic brain injury, you your brain does not it heal. It can't heal, yeah. That's, yeah. T, TBI is chronic. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And, like, I have a cousin who was in a car accident, so, like, 16 years ago, and he... He got, I think it would technically be considered traumatic brain injury, mm-hmm. but he, he still like has his faculties, yeah. right? He can still walk and talk and everything, but he's permanently altered. Yeah. Like he's a, an entirely different person. Yeah. After the, the accident, he was in a coma for like two weeks and then woke up and had to relearn everything. But, yeah. um, I grew up with him and the Logan from my first 15 years of life and the Logan after the accident, they're not the same person even remotely. Yeah. Like wildly different. And so having personally experienced someone in my family with traumatic brain injury, Mm -hmm. there's literally no way that this is possible. Right. (laughs) Right. I mean, she could have skewed it to be more of a mental health problem. Right. And that would have been, like, a little more believable. Right. She's just lost both of her children. Right. Right. It's a, it's, a, it's a mental health issue, not a physical issue. Exactly. And even if they, a part of me thought maybe they said that at one point in the book, but even if they did, Jeremy still says, I saw the scans. I've, you know, so either way they're contradicting themselves, whether yes. they've said it or not. It's like, it, it's wild, but it's, it's the silliest. It's so silly, but I guess we're supposed to be placated that the two characters that we were supposed to like throughout the book ended up together as a happy family. Yeah. I didn't care about <laughs> it at the end. I, don't know that it's been a very long time since I cared less about two main characters. <laughs> I will say, in all honesty, I just there was not there was nothing there to yeah. care about. Yeah, they they would give you nuggets of something that you'd be like, ooh, that could be interesting, and then they wouldn't dig any deeper. Yeah, and I think my only connection to Lowen, where I kind of thought I liked her, was simply because she was reacting horrified to the thing that I was reacting horrified to. So it's like, yeah, she gets it. But I mean, other than that, yeah, I just, we just don't, we don't know them. So then, yeah, it's like, you don't even know enough to suspect like, well, I believe the letter because Jeremy is a psycho, you know, there's nothing to kind of push us either way, but we're just supposed to be happy. I guess that they're out from this woman's thumb. If you believe that the, thing that the manuscript is true and not the letter, you're supposed to be happy that these two people are ended up together. And then yeah. if it's not, you're like, oop, whoopsie, they oopsed, but at least they're happy together. So <laughs> yeah, it's just so, it's so strange to me. And I don't, I mean, I didn't, I didn't love, I think the writing style, it was easy to read, mm-hmm. but it wasn't yes. particularly lovely. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like gorgeous prose, Yes, yeah. but, um, I just, I just could never, 
get over the, no none of the book was particularly great for me mm-hmm. um i just <sighs> i think it had potential that just wasn't realized i think the idea of the story is interesting yes I always find it a little cliche when a writer is writing about a writer. (laughs) And then there's another writer. And there's another writer (laughs) and she's like co-writing the whole, that, I think that that is like kind of a cop out a little bit. Kind of funny. Like you're writing a character that does what you do as a profession. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, but that's whatever. Um, I just, I need to bond with the main character. Yeah. In order for me to be invested. I need to bond with the main character and I need a reason to root for them. Mm-hmm. I was never rooting for Loen because there was nothing to root for. Right. I mean, sure, she, sure, she wanted Jeremy from basically the instant one. <laughs> she met him. But I, I never understood why she was borderline agoraphobic. I mean... Mm-hmm. Why she was so panicked about doing press. Never understood that, really. Didn't get any information about her family. What caused the sleepwalking. Yeah, I thought thought we were going to get information about Lowen that she was, like, trying to keep close to the vest that she didn't want anybody to know. Like, a traumatic history, um, some abuse, maybe, that caused sleepwalking or... That maybe in a sleepwalking state, she maybe attempted to kill her own mother. Yeah. Uh, and that's why her mother was so fearful of her or something like that. I thought her right. background was going to come up more and be yeah. more interesting. Yes. And yeah. it just didn't. Yeah. Um, I I thought we were going to get more from Verity, that she was going to be creeping around the house at night mm-hmm. more. We more were drama with more that. More drama. Yes. yes. Exactly. Nothing from that. Mm. And I think the ending would have been more satisfying if it would have been them discovering that Verity was not actually injured and she was perfectly fine. And they turned her into the police Mm -hmm. because if we're supposed to root for Verity and Jeremy, Mm -hmm. then fully vindicate them. Right. Would that have tanked the book sales though? Because we can't be having them destitute over here. Um, I think <laughs> I say that sarcastically. <laughs> Not that he couldn't have gotten his own job and she could have written her own uh, story based right. on what happened to them. Right. Everything is fodder for right. the creative mill. Right. So yeah, I, I wonder that too. Why didn't they just turn her in? What? Two against one. You could have easily detained her, and because if she was faking it. They would have done skins. Even if she was still faking, they would have been like, no, we both saw her and read this, her admission letter. Yeah. Jail her up. And, you know, at this point, they've, they've proven it, you know, Mm -hmm. he's, they've both seen her and they would take her to the doctor and force her, put her in a situation where she would be forced to. Right. Walk and talk. Right. You know, it would happen. Right. And... You know, if the couple we're supposed to root for makes this discovery and could just as easily just call the police and wrap mm-hmm. everything up. Mm-hmm. Just like if the letter was real, real, why didn't she snatch the manuscript, snatch her child and go to the police? Yeah. It's just <laughs> she had She sense. had the ability to creep around. <laughs> and why fake it from the beginning? If right. that If the manuscript was fake 
and he did try to kill her. Yeah. Why fake it from the beginning? Right. When you wake up, you're like, my husband tried to kill me. He right. set this up. Right. Her, I think her argument to that was that he would have just gone, but look, this is proof. She said it. Yeah. She would have just had to get her hands on it first. Right. Which, if Lowen did, surely she could have. She said she looked all over, but mm. clearly she didn't look hard enough in her own dang office that she yeah. worked in every single day. Yeah. It's just, it. you have to suspend reality so many times yeah. to get to this conclusion. Yeah. I just... <laughs> don't understand i agree so yeah um you know i have a lot of the things that i like on goodreads so i can keep track of what i read and what i want to read and you cannot give half star reviews on there but i certainly would have given it at least a two and a half if i could have because i was just so divided even while reading the book i couldn't Mm -hmm. decide if i liked it or not Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it was It'd be about a 2.5 on Goodreads for me, if that was possible. I ended up having to give it a 3. Yeah. But I, after this discussion, I'm even more convinced that it should be less. Yeah. I gave it two stars. Um, I was tempted to do one star, but I gave it two strictly for the page turnability. Yes. It, it was. that. That's what's crazy about it. It was very page turn. Like, yeah, um, I... I think it's the constant expectation of something coming. Yes. Which is very compelling. Yes. Um, It's just that my expectations were constantly let down. Yes. So that's, that's my real grievance here. I could have accepted all of the other things that I complained about Mm -hmm. if I would have gotten some payoff with Lowen's background and Verity Mm -hmm. being more, malicious in yes. her yes. in her faking or finding more proof that jeremy was actually yeah the, make it more interesting the, uh, you know maybe he's the villain wacko yeah spouse instead of verity. like maybe he was because it comes out he originally says that verity was a fan of lowen's books and right. that's why they approached her with this offer right. but turns out he had read lowen's books and really liked her writing right so he had his eyes on her from before they met. Yes. So maybe he was a weird, gross stalker and had stalked her mm-hmm. for weeks before. As a replacement As for a his replacement. broken wife. Exactly. He he watched her while she never left her apartment. She took care of her ailing mother and he felt a kinship because he was taking care of his invalid wife. Oh, man. You know? Make it more interesting. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean... These are just spitballs. Colleen, if you wish to revise, <laughs> please contact me. You can send any correspondence to right. our Gmail from the top of the hour. Right. Now, I we're will... not saying we're amazing. Like, clearly it was a New York Times bestseller. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of books that are New York Times bestsellers. I don't know what the requirements are to be on said list. Yeah. But if you like this book, we are in no way trying to... Tell you that you're silly for liking it. <laughs> you are absolutely 100% to be madly in love with this book. Sure. We just aren't. <laughs> Do you, babes? Yes. Do you, babes? <laughs> um, so, so sorry. It, it just wasn't the greatest. It, it just wasn't for us. And it's not because, oh, well, they read Pride and Prejudice and they're snobby. No. It, oh, no. It's just, absolutely not. Yeah. I, I've read many of books that I absolutely love. It just, it, there was just, it just didn't, it just didn't work out for us. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
like we said, if she would have just delivered on more of the suspense factor, we would have boosted yes. the the appeal. Yes. For me. For and sure. for us as a collective. Yes. So. Yes. So that that's gonna conclude our coverage of Verity. <laughs> Um, if you haven't read it and you want to read it because you want to know what we're talking about, please do. And let us know how you feel. Yes. If you really loved it and you want to defend some of the things that we hated, also please email us. Yes. We would, I, I would love to see, prove me wrong. Yes. Please, please prove me wrong. Please at least give us something. (laughs) To think about. To think about. Yeah. I will consider any of your counterpoints yes absolutely and you know rate and review us on uh, spotify and apple podcasts yes (laughs) and next week we are going to be covering a discovery of witches by deborah harkness i have not yet read this but whitney has read this yes i actually have listened to the audiobook so i am giving it another listen in preparation for our next episode mm. yes and in case i don't think we talked about this in our first episode but um you know reading is reading you guys some people want to diss on an audiobook but i'm gonna say books finished is books finished whether you're reading it physically on a kindle or if you're listening to it so yeah paper screen your earbuds we don't care yeah consuming books is consuming books yep you've read You've consumed the exact same material as anyone else who's reading it physically. Yep. So, uh, you know the story just like they do. Yeah. It's the same. Reading is reading. Yes, exactly. So, that. So that's for next week. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, we'll give Dakota his due on the artwork as well. <laughs> his contributions. His contributions. We appreciate Dakota. It was a collective <laughs> effort. So, um, and until we meet again, be suspicious. And also, read books.